0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, I love getting a jar of homemade jam or salsa as a present. And part of what makes it so special is the act itself, like someone preserved this perfect little taste of summer for me. But even though I grew up watching all the matriarchs in my family do it all the time, I'm still a little nervous to give it a go myself. Today, we're with someone to help ease our fears. Thursday, September 21st. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with Rick Crawl, a food safety educator at Penn State Extension. Thank you so much for talking to us today.
1: Oh, I appreciate the offer, Megan, to come on today and talk about home food preservation. So excited to answer any questions you have, and <laughs> certainly... Make this an enjoyable experience.
0: So let's jump in. Uh, How would you characterize canning culture in and around like the Pittsburgh region or Western Pennsylvania? I think
1: the canning culture is something that's um, been passed maybe down from generations to generations. It's one, as you mentioned, you know, you uh, grew up in a household and maybe you saw your parents or grandparents maybe um, engaged in different applications of how to can or maybe preserve certain types of food. And I think our culture is extremely strong, if if not so much more vibrant today than maybe just even a decade ago. We've been really getting a lot of resurgence in questions about how to can, um, interest in as new canners come out to learn more about how to do it correctly, or what can you do? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of exciting to see the growth today, uh, again, in that uh, application to try to maybe do something that they remember from from their grandparents.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia tied to it. I feel like we all have these like taste memories. Um, do you find that a lot of people know how to do it here in Pittsburgh?
1: They they've seen it they <laughs> yeah. somewhat understand the practice, but really maybe don't know how to go about doing it correctly. And I think that's where we come in as as a resources for Penn State Extension is to help bridge that understanding. How do I take mom's recipe or grandma's recipe of how she preserved her peaches and how do I get that same replication again? Perfect. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a challenge of helping people understand. And, and I think we're starting to see those 30-year-olds to 50-year-olds jumping back in um, or maybe first time coming into home food preservation and wanting to know how to do it. And so I think that's kind of the big um, momentum right now is teaching the, the proper practices for home canning.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've got my number. Um, I understand there are different ways to do it. I'm going to be honest. This was brand new information when I was preparing for this. Um, is there a type of canning that you recommend for beginners, as opposed to maybe who's someone who feels a little more comfortable with the process?
1: Yeah, I would say that one of probably the most easiest technique in home canning right now is water bath canning. And and when you think about you know what what are some products that we could do in water bath canning? Um, these are items that that are that have a really uh, high acidity point to them. So it'd be something like pickled products. Um, or jams or jellies or barbecue sauce or some tomato products. And, you know, who doesn't like a, a, a great salsa, right? You create, mm-hmm. a, you create your own salsa and you, it's I a hit. I think
0: that's what my family did with like grape jellies and things like that. We had a lot of grape vines in the backyards.
1: Exactly. And and I think that's the um, growth right now is, is that uh, a lot of people have, you know, want to modify or maybe change recipes a little bit to make it unique to their own taste profile. And you can do that to some degree, but we've got to do it safely. Um, you know, there's some things that we still have to keep standardized. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, starting out water bath canning, you learn the, the techniques, you learn, you know, how you go through the, the appropriate practices. And then certainly if you want to move up to a more, um, I don't want to say advanced level, but move over into where we can under pressure, it does open us up to some other product categories, but that does take a little bit more, more understanding of, of the techniques and how to do that one.
0: Yeah. How about you? How did you get started? Did you learn alongside, you know, family members, or did you take a class? How did you get involved in this?
1: So for me, it was my parents. Um, they, I grew up on a, a farm and um, up in Crawford County. Uh, my parents, Parents on the farm canned uh, just about everything, and and we would uh, literally have just about every type of fruit, from grapes to grape juice, to various types of tomato products, to canned meats, sauerkraut. You you know, um, it was always (laughs) we'd walk. I'd go downstairs in the basement, and the cupboard would just be full of jars. And that was my mother's passion. It was she was canning. Always asked um, my brother and I to be help at times, and so it was. It's not uncommon to have something that she canned for a meal at least once a day. And she had enough inventory, literally, I think, to cover each day of the, of the calendar year.
0: Wow, that is something to have, even just the storage space for something like that. Um, what is your favorite thing to can?
1: My favorite thing to can is actually canning meats. Um, you know, we've done. Um, various I didn't
0: even know you could do that. I mean, it makes sense now that you say it out loud, but I have never thought about it before.
1: Yeah, so under that technique, we can under pressure. So it, instead of using a water bath method, we use a, a pressure canner, and that allows like a regular
0: us... pressure cooker, like a an not an InstaPot or a rice cooker, surely.
1: No, not one of those. (laughs) It is is similar to a um, pressure cooker, though it does have a gauge on it and it allows us to pressurize the jars in there. We'll take them up to at least a minimum 11 pounds um, or higher depending on elevation. But what it allows us to do is to safely preserve what we call low acidified items, items that don't have a lot of acid. So this would be like chickens or, I mean, any of your meats. Um, It could be potatoes, it could be corn, Green beans, all of those need to go under uh, the application of canning under pressure. But the reason I like that canning meat because you can take less tender cuts or particularly during um, hunting season, you know Western Pennsylvania has a great um, a following of outdoor hunters. Um, and here's a great opportunity to take that wild game meat and can it and just open it up, literally heat it, reheat it back on a stovetop or in a microwave, reheat it back and serve it over noodles. You have a fantastic uh, protein that's super tender and um, you can do a lot with it. Flavor profiles while you're um, canning it.
0: Do you like to dance? well, so pressure cookers and water baths. I got to say, this sounds a little technical. You've mentioned elevation in there. Um, I think I'm a little nervous. What would you say to someone who just needs a little bit of a pep talk to even engage with this kind of activity?
1: I think where I'd start first is what do you want to do? Um, you know, kind of taking a look at, you know, what are your options? Do you, if you plant a small little garden and you have abundance of tomatoes, maybe, or maybe you have access to a community garden or you... Maybe you go to the local retail uh, store or farmer's market and you want to pick up some different types of produce that's um, in season. I think that's where I would start is to know what you um, what some of your favorite uh, fruits or vegetables are. And then to think about how could I extend a shelf life on them?
0: I can imagine there's a transformation element to some of this. Like if you're taking fruit from the vine and making it into a jam or jelly, like that's a totally different product. And it does kind of have like that homemade feel. but when I think about like corn, for example, I can also freeze it. So when do you know when like freezing is maybe the thing you want to do or canning is the thing you want to do?
1: I think it's what you have room for. In um, canning, it's going to take up some shelf space. And I think that's one thing that one has to consider is that, you know, can I use all those jars in in, in that a sufficient amount of time. We say within a year, you know, if you can a product, you know, shelf life is, you shouldn't exceed a year's uh, product life on that product. So, you know, if you make, 200 jars of, of tomato sauce, can you actually use 200 jars of tomato sauce?
0: That's a really good note. I've, I think I was thinking maybe you needed to have a lot of product so that you it's worth it, you know, if you're going to go to this trouble, but maybe not if you also have to then store it and eat it in a certain amount of time.
1: Exactly. And I think, and sometimes it's too, is like, how do you want um, what your product texture-wise? Now, corn's a great example was, you know, and it's one that freezes really well. And for some people, they like, the frozen corn they can just pull it thaw it out and then use it in various applications so a lot of it just depends on you know can that product be frozen can it be dehydrated you know what are some options is it still
0: going to taste good after you do this correct how do you know if you've done it wrong
1: oh very good question
0: so from a safety (laughs) standpoint
1: you know and canning it is a uh a technique that in which what we're going to do is While we're processing that jar in a water bath method, we're going to drive all the air out of the jar and that's going to create a vacuum. And that vacuum is really what holds that lid in place. When we initially make that jar, we're going to put a a ring around the top of the lid and just kind of uh, secure it down there with a, a little bit of tension on it. But once the jar has been processed, we'll take the jar out of the water bath and we'll take that ring off. And it's really that vacuum that was created during the process of um, driving out the air. That is what holds that um, lid in place and maintains the integrity of the seal. If the seal breaks for whatever reason, it could be that maybe the vacuum, uh, maybe there wasn't enough vacuum initially established. And so the seal releases um, after a day or two, or it could be maybe there was some residue just underneath the, the uh, lid itself that, again... Or old would,
0: equipment, maybe?
1: Old equipment. And at least maybe sometimes if if lids were older and, and weren't as fresh, um, they could release. And they're designed to release to let you know. So, so it would just come off and you could you'd either see the lid lifted a little bit or you could see the product having an odor coming from it.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's pretend that I and others have worked up the nerve. Um, are, would you say garden vegetables are the way to go or market produce? Like we're kind of coming to the end of our summer season here in Western Pennsylvania. So there's a lot available and sometimes a lot available on clearance, but that does not mean we should always buy it. <laughs> what do you think?
1: You know, this it, it takes time when you go to can. And you put a lot of labor hours in and prepping and getting all of that, all those items into the jar and through the process time. The last thing that you want to do is start off with really poor quality fruits or vegetables. So if they're already past the point of maturity, they're starting to break down. If anything, canning will just accelerate some of those side effects that we're seeing and and actually maybe even make the product worse, both texture wise and maybe even a flavor uh, changed to some degree. So it's really important that, you know, as you're selecting any fruits or vegetables, if those tomatoes are overripe, there's not a lot that we can do to fix that quality afterwards. So it's, it's really about working with the highest quality and then just knowing what you can do with it when you got it.
0: Totally. Um, well, so any resources then that you would suggest for folks who are interested, um, but maybe just need that little extra help, that support to get started?
1: So great question, Megan. So the very first place that I would look at if you're going to start off for the very first time in home canning is uh, to visit uh, uh, Mm extension.psu.edu. And at Penn State um, University, we have a food science department that's dedicated to teaching the science, teaching um, the best practices and how to can safely. It's an opportunity for someone who's just starting out to either watch a a webinar that's already been recorded to show you how to start off making jams or making pickled products to more advanced doing um, proteins such as canning meats. But it really the key is is go to a trusted source. We always say, um, you know, go to a, um, a website that, that has valid information. Try to make sure you know where your information is coming from, whether it's from a university or even um, industries, um, uh, companies that are such as Ball and Kerr. Are, are great resources.
0: Yeah. So grandma's recipe is great, but maybe look up the uh, the science behind it to make sure you get it right.
1: Yeah, and and that's a good point too, Megan. As you mentioned, grandma's recipe was probably good forty years ago when it was in that time. <laughs> yeah. For, um, practices, but a lot of things have changed. And just a good example: green beans. Uh, you know, we get uh, calls every year where someone says, "Well, my grandmother um, has always prepared her green beans using a water bath canner." And why can't I do that today? And we tell them it's the science has told us that, you know, the risk for botulism is higher. There's a higher risk that you could have botulism poisoning by doing water bath canning versus pressure canning those beans. And so that's the science. It just tells us, you know, how do we how do we eliminate that risk? Use a different technique.
0: Rick, thank you so much for your wisdom. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please tell someone, rate us, leave us a nice review, and make sure you're subscribed to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you soon. This is kind of like the uh, at the grocery store, you know, it'll say, like, make sure there's like the little poppy thing on the top of the lid. So, you know, if it's not there, that it's not a fresh product. I'm sure there's a technical term.
1: (laughs) Well, we call it a safety button, really. It's just a, a vacuum.